listening to Belt of Truth, conversations arming laity, powered by the Armor of God Men's Movement. Visit our website at armingmen.com. Hi, I'm Father Jay Horning. You are listening to the Belt of Truth. Why wouldn't you? Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit on our hearts and on our minds, that as we enjoy this conversation, as we enjoy learning more about you through our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we might grow in communion with you, in communion with the Trinity who gives us life and salvation, and that that growth in communion might lead us to greater action in this world, in the building up of your kingdom, until you come in glory. Amen. The Belt of Truth podcast is made possible in part by the generous financial support from local Catholic businesses in the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese through the Catholic media company, Our Local Parish. To learn more on how you could support these businesses and watch some powerful interviews with our local priests and lady, go to OurLocalParish.com. Worship local, support local. Thank you and God bless. Joshua Bach. Brother, we are on the heels of an epic Armor of God retreat this last weekend. Oh, my word. Dude. We're bringing it to the podcast, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, it was essential. Like, polar plunges were done. We're playing gorilla ball. Men, they they unbound themselves and broke chains like I've never seen. The energy was electric. The Holy Spirit showed up. The speakers were phenomenal. It was an absolute world-class Powerful. I'm so proud of the guys that jumped together and, and pulled this off. Uh, this was so cool. So cool. So the room was full, high attendance. And I really, I'm so grateful that you had the ability to capture a few of these talks on the weekend, man. I just, I'm so grateful that you were there, brother. You know, it was some incredible talks. There's no doubt about that. We we captured almost all of them. We did miss a few of them. One that we're going to allow the Belt of Truth listeners to plug into is Nathaniel. So Nathaniel Benversi is a rock star, man. He's been with us since the onset. He had high level of involvement in Exodus 90, recently took a new position, which he'll speak about, I'm sure, coming up. But I mean, that guy, he understands what what it is to be a spiritual leader of your home, understands manhood, asceticism, all those things. And frankly, what people need to understand about this talk is he wasn't even supposed to give this talk. It was a last minute invitation, an immediate yes. He's back in town after being on the road for several months with his family. And dude, when you listen to this talk, you're going to hear he brought it in a big way. I'm so excited that people can hear this talk. Yep, It was solid. And there'll be many opportunities for people to see him speak live again and just get involved in all sorts of different programming. And he's the real deal, man. Just a humble, good servant of the Lord. We're so, so lucky to have him. Yeah, this is one of the best talks on lust and pornography that I've ever heard in my life, and I, I just cannot wait to share this with our listeners of Belt of Truth. So let's, let's let it roll, brother. All right, let's do it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, be present, be with us. Be in our mind, our lips, and our hearts. Help us to hear what you desire us to hear today, no more and no less. And help me to speak what you desire me to speak today, no more and no less. May this time away from our families be so full of your grace, Lord, that it overflows from us onto them now and especially upon our return. 
And Mary, we ask your intercession. Whenever we go astray, pick us up, press us to your chest, and lead us straight back to Christ and his most sacred heart. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Mary, Mother of the Church, and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are ignorant men. We're ignorant men. On this topic, as a generation, as a people, as a society, we are extremely ignorant. The topic of lust, pornography, masturbation, the topic of what it means to be a human being, certainly what it means to be a man, how to look at another human being, we are ignorant. Actually, if you don't like that, that's fine. Because it's actually worse. We're not just ignorant, we're misinformed. Because we've been educated in a certain way by our society, by our culture, by ourselves, by what we consume, what we choose, what we elect to consume. Audio, video, reading, we have been misinformed and continue to misinform ourselves about what it means to be a human, what it means in particular to be a man. This is why we have this topic today. This is why we have this problem. Because we've been so deceived, because we've been so misinformed, Globally, absolutely, this is a problem. And all the way down to our very home, generationally, from our fathers to us, to our children, to our grandchildren, for those who have them, or our future children and future grandchildren. This problem is right here in our home as much as it is everywhere in our world. But as you have come to this retreat, You've already started to make the change. You've made the first steps to say, I do not want to be ignorant, whether you knew that's what you were saying or not. You made the first steps to breaking the chains as the topic of this retreat is named. So let's do that today. I'm going to give you the lens through which I'm going to give this talk, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of an outline for what that talk is. Does that sound good? So here's the lens. I'm a Christian. I'm going to give this lens through the lens of a Christian man and what it means to be a Christian man. I am not an anti-masturbationalist. That's not my religion. I'm not an anti-pornographist. That doesn't exist, but I'm not that either. That's not my religion. I'm Christian. The solution to this problem isn't to white-knuckle our way to freedom by thinking that we can overcome porn, masturbation, lustful thoughts, or any of the things of the flesh by ourselves or just by avoiding these things. We actually have to conform our lives to Christ. We have to be Christian. That, conforming our lives to Christ, being Christian men is the antidote to these sins of the flesh, not just white-knuckling it, not just coming up with some type of steps to, or solutions to freedom there, without conforming our life to Christ. So our mind and our focus, the lens of this talk is through that. How do we become more Christ-like? How do we become more like Christ? But the more we do that, the more grace will be in our life, and we won't have to focus the heck out of not looking at porn or not thinking lustful thoughts. Because Satan loves it when we spend too much time there. So the lens is becoming conformed on a Christ and being Christian men. Now I'll give you the three different things that we're going to go through today as an outline 
First, we're going to talk about lust, pornography, and masturbation from a general perspective and the sins of the flesh from a general perspective. Then we're going to get into practical steps to freedom. I got six of them for you. If you're taking tedious notes, feel free to label those, number those. I'll go through those six steps that are going to be helpful that all lead to conforming our life to Christ. And lastly, I'll make a hard shift on that sixth step into being Generation Zero and what that means for our church, but especially for you and your home or future home. That sound all right to you guys? All right, so here we are. The first topic here, lust, pornography, masturbation, sins of the flesh as a whole. As I go through this talk, if I say pornography or if I say lust or if I say masturbation, I just mean all of them, all right? Or any other sin of the flesh that you want to add there. They're all going to be treated similarly because I'm not coming from it. It's very specific, narrow-minded. This is how you get out of porn, but this is how you be a Christian man. And thus, freedom comes for all of these things. Okay, next aspect of this topic. I do not have to tell you. Think about this yourself as I go through some of these things. I don't have to tell you in regards to lust, pornography, and masturbation that it's a sin, that that's somebody else's daughter, that pornography is the primary driver for human sex trafficking. I don't have to tell you that. I don't have to tell you it's bad for your marriage and your intimacy with your spouse, either physically, emotionally, or spiritually. I don't have to tell you that. I don't have to tell you it's addictive in nature and that it is completely unsatiable, that you'll just continue to want more and more of it. I don't have to tell you that either. Why? Because we all know. Because we all experience the exact same low after that peak we pass and we've spilt our seed all over our shower, our bed, or under our computer keyboard. We all know the same feeling. When it comes to different topics of sins of the flesh, some of us don't struggle with maybe alcohol or smoking or gambling, (laughs) but the reality is, Almost everyone in this room has fallen to the sin of masturbation within the last year. Many within the last month. More than you think within the last week. I've been in men's ministry for all of my career. I've gone around the country giving talks on this and similar topics. I've spoken with men all over. It's not just here in the Fort Wayne South Bend, but this is a real deal for our society and our culture. And I hope that gives you some, at least, freedom of ability to listen and to know you're amidst guys who want the same. They want freedom just like you do. They want the good of their wife and their children or future children just like you do. And that Satan's lies that put you in a spot to feel extremely lonely, extremely vulnerable, extremely isolated, with no hope for freedom or a way out, is exactly what I said, a lie. And you're here, you're taking those first steps. And there is hope and there is joy. And it will be one heck of a fight, though. It will be hard, but absolutely worth it. I'm so glad you guys already got to talk about brotherhood so you know that there's a road out together. So how about those practical steps, huh? First practical step I have for you is is to simply be honest with yourself. Be honest and acknowledge where you fail. Maybe you say to yourself, well, I haven't looked at pornography in the last year. Okay. How about that swimsuit edition that came in your mailbox? You could have checked the box to tell Sports Illustrated not to send you that, but you didn't. Or how about the Victoria's Secret catalog that, I guess these things are old. This is my childhood. I used to look at Victoria's Secret catalogs. My sisters would get them, and I would take them too. Maybe I was interested in buying something as a seventh grade boy. Probably not. But these things are still causing us to lust. These things are still causing us to sin. 
So I mean these things too. So be serious with yourself. Acknowledge, be honest with yourself. When you're at the bar, you're just looking at the television or you're waiting for the images of the cheerleaders or the bartender to walk by. Be honest. We've got to be honest with ourselves and name our sins and own our sins. Our Lord is not going to force us to do that. He's not going to force us to be free from things. But if we bring them to him, he is such a good father and he wants to heal us and free us from them. We've got to be honest with ourselves. We've got to be willing to acknowledge it. We can't be afraid to be weak and to acknowledge a weakness. Man, we cannot do that. Or we won't get the strength that the Father wants for us with him. So that's first. Amidst that, as we're acknowledging our sins, this isn't this is just a part of step one, if you're taking notes, is to go to confession, man. Like as you re-examine, maybe you went to the confession last night, maybe you want to go again tonight or whatever, or you haven't gone yet. Just make a really good and honest confession. Our eyes will certainly look at women very quickly. And if we take that second look or that long look, man, that's lusting. Acknowledge that or you will never have freedom from it. And then take it to the confessional. Let that sacramental grace should come over you and free you. And give you what you need, grace, to go back into the battlefield that is around us. Okay, step two. My suggestion here on step two is to keep an examination journal. What do I mean by that? An examination journal where every night you get to write some things down or every maybe the last five minutes at work or on your lunch break or first thing in the morning for all I care if the night isn't working for you. Same time, same place every day. Take a little journal. Not just to say these are the places that Nathaniel sinned. Again, he's a failure. He's a loser. But also to say these are the graces that I'm thankful for. And further, once you've completed step one, you've acknowledged these are the areas that I'm struggling, these are the areas that I'm sinning, great. You can take some more notes and say, this is what stressed me out today. This is something my wife said. This is something my boss said. This is something I'm dealing with with my children. As you start taking more and better notes, it's just like any of us as professionals in the workplace. When we have real data, we can make real decisions and then actually get results that are based on something real making those good decisions because we have good data. Same with us. Okay, well, these three days in a row, I was stressed and I never worked out. I didn't do anything to relieve my stress. And then at the end of the third night, I fell to masturbation. Well, okay, of course, you're seeing a pattern. These things cause stress. Great, with that journal, now can you overcome those opportunities or places of stress? Can you avoid those conversations? Can you avoid those things that are causing you stress? If you can, great, do that. If you can't, because maybe it's coming from your workplace or whatever, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to overcome it? Do you have a gym membership? Do you have some rocks outside you can move around? It's free. Have some type of stress reliever. It could be working out. It could be cooking. It could be playing with your kids, whatever it might be. But having that examination journal will help you identify maybe what is leading to this. Because when it comes to lust, especially acting in pornography or masturbation. These are usually not things that we say, I just like to do this and so I'm going to do it. They're usually from some other woundedness or some other stressor. And these are a response to that. They're not something we go after ourselves on our own, but a response to something altogether different. And keeping some type of journal to identify those things could be helpful to you. Number three, this is the biggest one. So if you don't remember anything else in the talk, take down this. And the title I gave to it is fill in the hole. Fill in the hole. 
When you pull a nail out of a board, there's a hole there, okay? When you dig a hole and you put all the dirt right next to the hole and you don't put anything in the hole, what's gonna happen to that hole? As it rains, as the winds blow, and as the years change, that dirt is just gonna wash itself back into the hole. The same dirt back in the same hole, similar with us. If we do not fill the hole that we made from pornography, taking out pornography, taking out masturbation, taking out lust, by eliminating those things in our life, we're trying to take them out of our life. If we don't fill that hole with something good, it's just gonna fill in the exact thing that fits there, which is the very thing that we took out. It's just gonna come back. I started by saying we're ignorant men. That's right. We make these decisions. We, t- we make decisions to lust, or to look at pornography, or go to the clubs, because we don't know what it means to be human. We don't know what it means to be a man. Great, fill the hole in with truth. Get rid of the lies that we've been told from year after year after year that will not stop. Get rid of those lies and fill it in with truth. This means you might have to do something really hard, like read a book, like a good one. Maybe it's Christopher West's Theology of the Body. I didn't say John Paul II's because that's even more difficult, so I dial it back a little bit. It also includes other things that have nothing to do with lust. Christopher West, a little more focused. That is a good option. Another option might be Man, Woman, and Intimacy by Dietrich von Hildebrand. It's only like 110 pages. It is not that long. But it's by a philosopher that his contemporary pope at the time called a modern-day doctor of the church. Really good, simple book. And he's a man who was married and understood what it meant to be married. If you really want to get high, fluent, you can go ahead and read Carol Watiwa's Love and Responsibility. That's fine. It's awesome. Whatever you do, read something. Where are you going to get your truth about human sexuality or what it means to be a father and a husband? You can even read books on what it means to be the priest of your own home, what it means to live out the common priesthood from your baptism. We're all baptized priest, prophet, and king. Those of you who have heard me talk before have heard that. Because if you know these things, then you know how to relate to your wife and you know how to relate to other humans on the street. And a priest of Jesus Christ doesn't relate to women on a screen by using them. Doesn't relate to his spouse, the church, by going and using somebody else and replacing it or cheating on it in some way, shape, or form. A priest of Jesus Christ doesn't pleasure himself, first and foremost, but lays down his own life, his pleasures for others. But if we don't fill ourselves with that truth, and I mean fill ourselves constantly, remind ourselves constantly, listen, you can remind yourself on this retreat and then next year on the next retreat, but that's not enough. You've got to keep reminding yourself. You have to keep filling yourself. Why? Because you're getting filled with the lies every single day. Every time you log in, every time you go to social media, every time you watch the news, you've got to combat that with something of equal or greater matter, which means either you've got to turn off the news and watch it once a year each time you go on a retreat, or you've got to fill yourself with good, truthful things more often. Or you are losing the battle, my friends, and I don't want that for you. Or are you going to live in a life of gloom that the news wants you to live in, and I don't want that for you. I want you to live in a life of freedom and joy. I want you to wake up every morning totally free to give yourself to your wife, your children, your future children, the people who need you in your office space. That's what I want for you. Fill in the hole. Other ways besides reading is actually praying. And I don't mean praying, wrote prayers. Those are good too. But because this is filling the hole, 
This is about receiving good things and receiving truth. It means silent prayer. It means sitting with our Lord in the Eucharist or in the chapel or even in your home with a candle and a crucifix and receiving from our Lord, receiving what he has to say to you, being formed by him, learning how to listen to him. We have spent so much time learning how to listen to lies. It is not going to be easy, man, to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord, but it is absolutely worth the work, the effort, the consistency, the perseverance. So set yourself time for 20 minutes of silent prayer every single morning or every single day and listen, even when it sounds like nothing. Your wife will thank you for it because you will receive over time. You will become a better man over time. You will lay yourself down for her and your children over time. That's filling in the hole. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the Eucharist can help too. All right. Uh, one more book idea I had for you is Fulton Machines Three to Get Married. It's another good, uh, good book there. Next up, number four, be the man your loved ones need you to be. If you hear me talking about maybe your wife and your children, maybe you're not married or you don't have children or whatever, please give me the benefit of the doubt here and, and place in there your loved ones, your friends. There's plenty of people who need you to be a good man. All right. Be the man your loved ones need you to be. We cannot do this if we don't know what kind of man that is, which is why number three, filling in the holes, is so blasted important. But then from number three, the more we learn, the more we grow, the more we form ourselves, the more you continue to come to even Armor of God events throughout the year instead of just solely the retreat, the more we listen to the belt of truth or other good things, then we can continue to become the priests of our home. The man, the father we need to be, the husband we need to be, the person in our workplace that's going to stand up and be the man that needs to be there to make the right decisions before other people are affected negatively. Co-workers or consumers will live as a man. That's number four. It's about as simple as that. I could talk for hours on number three to tell you about number four, but I have to leave it to you to do number three, to really do number three, so you understand what it means to live number four. Number five here, plan for failure. Plan for failure. Now you might look at me and be like, hey, hey, man, what do you mean plan for failure? Shouldn't we like not plan for failure? Shouldn't we just like never masturbate or look at pornography or lust after somebody ever again? Yeah, that would be great. That would also express like an ignorance of our past history. It would also maybe say, but you could, you could argue, oh, but God is so good. He could fill me with grace. He could heal me right now and never again. That's true. It's absolutely true. He could also keep us completely safe always where we never need a first aid kit. How many of you have a first aid kit or a Band-Aid in your house? Why do you have those? God can keep you safe all the time. That's my point, okay? Plan for failure. The Lord allows us to fail so that we know his mercy, so that we know how much we need to trust in him and rely on him all the time. So what are you gonna do if you fail? What are you gonna do when you fail? When you fall, when you lust, when you fall to masturbation or pornography? Well, one thing is to know when the confessional times are. Maybe to have the parish phone number in your phone, because maybe it's Monday and maybe there's no confessions for a while. I don't know uh, the confession times at St. Vincent's. But if they're not throughout the week and they're only on Saturdays, are you going to call the parish and make a time? Because Father will make some time for you. Or... There's a ton of other options throughout the entire week, throughout all of Fort Wayne. 
and Indianapolis are those guys who I met earlier from Indy. There are plenty of times. MassTimes.org. The app also has confession times for those of us who do not know. Just make sure you double check the, own, the parish website always before driving over there and finding out all over the country over and over and over with your RV that the time is wrong for the Mass. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. So the planning for failure, yes, confession times is one thing, but who are you going to call? We talked earlier about having, or another talk happened about having brothers with you and needing brothers. You should have a plan that includes calling somebody, not your wife. I'm not saying don't tell your wife when you fall. That's up to you and your relationship with her. But you need to tell another brother. Today's mass reading, we heard from, in Second Samuel, we heard David say how his love for Jonathan was greater than the love for any other woman. That's the closeness and brotherhood that he had in that, in that first reading today at Mass. That's how close a brotherhood he had. Amazing do you have that with another man, that your love for each other is so sacrificial, is so thinking of the other, willing the other's good, that there's no human flesh in the way of you loving that other person or being loved by them. Grow in that with somebody or with a group of people. That way, when you call, when you fall, you can tell them, this is what happened. And they can say to you, I'm not eating dessert today. I'm not drinking beer tonight. I'm taking a cold shower. I'm getting out my chainsaw and I'm going to the lake. (laughs) That's the love of Jonathan. (laughs) Have that type of brother. Now, that brother you should have also called about 10 minutes before you fell. Or maybe 24 hours before you fell, you're taking good notes in our earlier step and knew what your triggers were. Hey, these three things have happened. I know these are my triggers. Please pray for me. Please make penance for me, and I'll be making penance as well. That's a good brother, and that's absolutely good. But make sure you also call afterwards, and don't just hide this. Why? Because Satan loves it when you live in the darkness. He loves it when you bury these things and don't tell anybody. Oh, it's not a big deal. Well, you didn't fall all the way to pornography. Again, it was just like girls scandally clad. So you don't really need to tell him this time. Yeah, you do, because your brother wants you to succeed. Because he loves you and he loves your wife enough to give you a slap in the butt and send you out to help you do better. He wants to know because he's willing your good. And you should want to know from him so that you can will his good also. So that you can make sacrifices for him when he just starts going down that road before he ever falls. So that he has the grace from real acts of prayer, real acts of asceticism that provide real and tangible grace to help the body of Christ mend itself, heal itself, grow stronger, and be able to serve itself and the world much better. That's planning for failure. Number six here, have a solid why. You've heard me mention this before if you've heard my talks. But having a solid why is important. A why meaning why in the world would you want to be free anyway from whatever sin of the flesh you're dealing with? Why would you want to do this? Why would you want to give up pornography? Girls are beautiful. Why would you want to give up lusting after them? Why would you want to give up the pleasure of masturbation? Your wife doesn't sleep with you enough anyway. These are real things that we can consider. And if you have a good reason, like, hey, hell doesn't sound so cool. Or because I have three daughters and I don't want anybody using them. I don't want them to be a part of the 30 to 40% of the dancers in the clubs, even right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who are being trafficked. Because I don't want anybody looking at them. And I don't want to be looking at anybody else's daughters. Because I want to have a better relationship with my wife. Because I want my wife to be secure in her beauty, her identity, and in our marriage. Because I want my intimacy with my wife to be pure and good, even before we enter the bedroom. That we can have 
awesome, trusting conversations. That that time then in the bedroom can be a gift to another instead of a taking for itself. And one that is always open to the natural consequence, the gift of human life. We have to have a why. We have to have one because we need that motivation. I know I need it. I can't look in the mirror and tell myself to do hard things. I don't think I'm worth it. Easy things, pleasurable things are much easier and more pleasurable than doing hard things. Than having to call my brother every time I fall to sin. I don't want to have to do that. That's tough. That's embarrassing. That's shameful. And it's annoying. I'm not worth it from my own perspective, theologically certainly not. But it's easy for me to tell myself I'm not. But my wife is. My daughters are. Your children, the church, spouses are worth it. So we need to have that why. Whatever it is for you, think about what it is. And it might even be the salvation of a soul, maybe a coworker, freedom from his chain for somebody that you love. Could be anything, man, but whatever it is, you gotta have it and write it down. So that every time it gets tough, every time you get tempted, maybe you pull that out of your wallet. Maybe it's the picture on the back of your phone that you look at every day. Maybe it's a name that you write, a sticky note, stick somewhere on your desk, or wherever you're tempted, most often. To be reminded of that why, to be motivated by that why. Hard shift here from our six steps to being generation zero. You heard a little bit from Father Jonathan Norton earlier about these hereditary or generational sins. Our children or our future children, whether they are young or old, are watching us. We are supposed to be the heads of the household. Children even outside of our household see us. They see what we do. They watch what we do. We are fathers to more than just our bloodline. They know what we are doing. They watch and they learn and they put into action. Men, if we are lusting after women, if we are looking at pornography, if we are falling to masturbation, it is only a matter of time before our children not only know but replicate the action. And our impurity in the flesh absolutely affects our morality and every other virtue of our life. Slowly but surely it seeps out. As we learn to lie and hide things, as we learn to deceive other people of who we really are, or at least what we're doing, we, as I mentioned at the very beginning, are ignorant men on this topic. And yet, we are the primary educators of our children. That means our children are being educated by ignorant, enter whatever word you want to enter there, ignorant people. How do we expect them to be free from this thing that we are not free from? How do we expect them to know the truth about the human person, the value of the human person, the value of human sexuality, if we do not know it? How do we expect them to learn from us? Man, it doesn't matter how much we tell them. And we know this, those especially who are much older fathers than I. We know that it is not our words that teach our children the most. It is our actions, whether done in the light or done in the dark. Our actions are going to teach our children. Absolutely. You might say, but I'm sending my kids to St. Vincent's. It's a great school. They're going to learn lots of stuff. You're the primary educator of your children. It doesn't matter how many things they learn there. When they come home, if you're doing something different, that's who they're going to learn from. You and me. Our children care about what we do. We're the man of the household. We're the head of the household. We are us. And we can undo 
thousands of dollars worth of education that we are just throwing in the toilet by the way that we act at home. This is so important. This is so important that we live a life that is upright and holy, that isn't ignorant, but is in, in completely in line with the truth. Our children need to see Jesus Christ every day. That doesn't mean they need to see him in the chapel at St. Vincent's. That means they need to see him every morning when they wake up in their home. They need to see him every day at dinner, at home. They need to see Jesus Christ in us every single day present to them. That's what they need. They need to see Christ. They need to encounter him. And it has to be in us. We are an image of the Father God. They have to see it, which means we have to live it. And we aren't going to live it if we don't know how, which is why number three is so important to fill ourselves with real truth. Man, our children need us. The children in the pews who we don't even know, they need us. They need men. They really do. And God wants us to be like him. He wants us to know how good the Father is. Jesus could have stayed in heaven forever if he wanted to. But he knew we forgot as a human people how good the Father is, how much joy his plan will bring us. So he came down from heaven. He entered into a world full of sin to remind us, to show us how good the Father is, to heal our own woundedness from our own fathers through the perfect Father so that we could then show to our children how good the Father is and to remind them and to assure them with great hope that in good times, in the bad, in rich, and in poor, the Father is good. And this life is worth living. And our lives are worth laying down for others. And they'll learn that when they see us do that for our spouse. And they will learn that when they see us do that for them. Be the man the Lord needs you to be, that he made you to be, that your children need you to be. Don't be an ignorant man. Be a real man. He lays his life down for others. You've been listening to Belt of Truth, powered by the Armor of God Men's Movement, located in Fort Wayne, South Bend Diocese in Fort Wayne, Indiana. For more information about Belt of Truth and Armor of God, visit armingmen.com.